0: Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.
1: Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like expanding capacity for biodiesel in Washington State and reducing operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Wendy.
2: And I'm Jess, and you're listening to the Food Heaven podcast.
1: Your online resource for inclusive and accessible wellness. Welcome back to another episode of the Food Heaven podcast. Jess, how are you feeling today?
2: Feeling good. I woke up probably 12 times last night just dealing with the puppy. So Aww. I didn't sleep that great. She's actually been doing a lot better and being more well adjusted and almost like too well adjusted to the point where she's wanting to do her own thing now. <laughs> in the beginning she was like super attached and last night she sleeps like in a like crate thing like near our bed and she just kept like tossing and turning and Anyway, I finally figured out, I think she was just a little hot because it's been getting pretty hot here and like what to do, but I'm tired.
1: Oh, <laughs> damn. It's a lot of work. It's
2: girl. so much work. Hats off to you. Yeah, but it's, uh, I'm in love with her. She's so cute. So it's like, she is. yeah, it's so fun to have like someone else in the house and, or something else in the house. So it's worth it. But at first I was like, what have I done? <laughs> Not that I'm <laughs> going like- to give her up guys. Cause we got some comments. That Uh-oh. I just got a. We got some comments that I was just getting a dog just for quarantine and then like gonna abandon it. Like, please, <laughs> please, y'all. Like, I'm a grown woman. Anyway. Ooh.
1: All right. Well, <laughs> how are you doing? Listen, the comment section has been litty so lit this past week. so lit. It's been. It's been very interesting. I will say this. I was telling Jess, I think part of the reason is because for those of you that haven't seen our video that went viral, (laughs) 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 quarantining in New York versus California, we had no idea that it was going to it was going to resonate so well with people, but it did. And we got a lot of followers who I don't think are familiar with our approach or you know, our philosophy. And so it's been interesting because we've been co- we've been posting like our usual content and we've been getting just like very interesting, yeah. <laughs> com- like combative comments. It's been like a debate going on in the comment session. And I think it's because we just have these new people that have recently joined and they're yeah, they're just like, girl, what the hell are you talking about? Because they right. have no idea. <laughs> Aside from like that quarantine video, they have no idea like the kind of content that we right. create. So
2: I think, I mean, it's always a fine line. And we have an episode coming up actually with Evelyn Tribolet, who is like, the godmother of intuitive eating. And we talk about just like the call out culture and cancel culture. So we're keeping that in mind when we're responding to comments and we don't want to dismiss anybody, but we also want to make sure that it is a safe space too, for people who know our approach, especially in the last like couple of years as being more body positive and body respect driven and intuitive eating, and you're not going to be shamed by like weight or anything like that. So we also have to keep like, keep that in mind too, you know, like who are, who is our audience and how do we make sure we protect them from people who may be coming in and not really knowing some of the things they may say that may be hurtful. Exactly.
1: Shifting gears a little bit. I am so excited about today's episode. Jess, who are we going to be chatting with? So we have Gabi
2: Dalkin coming on the podcast today. Gabi is a trained chef, a recipe developer, an entrepreneur, a food and lifestyle writer based in La La Land, Los Angeles. You guys have probably seen her on the interweb. She has like, I don't know, more than half a million followers on Instagram alone. She's at what's gobby cookin'. She's just amazing. So we're super excited to talk to her because we have very similar philosophies when it comes to eating and food.
1: Yeah, and I mean I've been obsessed with Gabi for God knows how long. Her recipes are they just all look so beautiful and delicious and approachable. So we figured that we would speak to her about how to make cooking more fun and easy during quarantine season since a lot of us are spending more time in the kitchen. Also some of the cooking methods that she lives by. And then we did this really fun fire round where we had you all submit what random ingredients you have in your fridge and pantry and she She was so good. Like she was like focused, ready to go to war. She came up (laughs) with like all of these creative ideas for, you know, all of the random things that you have floating around your kitchen. So make sure that you listen until the very end to listen to that. You ready to get started? Let's get to it.
2: Welcome to the podcast, Gabby. We're so excited to have you.
0: Hi, guys. I'm so excited to be here.
2: Yay. So I always ask this question. Well, actually, it was asked of me by a Trader Joe's cashier. He was like, How's your social distancing been going? Curious how it's been for you.
0: Good question. I am currently on day 58. Whoa. Yeah, we locked it down early over here. My husband was on a golf trip and I was like, you need to come home. It's time. (laughs) It's over and it's going really well. Like I feel very fortunate to live in Los Angeles where A, it's been sunny for a lot of the time. So like we can walk outside and just like be in our little home in our backyard. And there's so much available here via delivery. It's been okay. But I haven't been to Trader Joe's in 58 days, which I used to go to Trader Joe's On the daily. Like, I love it. So why haven't you been going? Just too many people? The lines here are out of control. They, like, wrap around the building twice sometimes. So I'm not interested in that. I'm like, I'll deal. I'll get my butterscotch balls somewhere (laughs)
1: else. I know. I haven't been to Trader Joe's. I think it's been two months and a half because I went when like oh the social God. distancing was kind of starting a little bit and even when it first started it was like the apocalypse in there. I was telling Jess how I almost fought someone for frozen mangoes because they were like being crazy in there and like the lines were just wrapping around the street wrapping in the store and I'm just like mm, I'm okay I'm gonna like just chill on the Trader Joe's for now until things like really settle because yeah. in New York it's so <laughs> different I mean just like in terms of space like the Trader Joe's are like a box over here.
0: Oh, your guys' Trader Joe's are like, it's a hot commodity going in there. You like Mm -hmm. shop while you're waiting in line to check out under normal
1: circumstances. that's so true. (laughs) Exactly. That's exactly what I do. I just make the line and I'm like, okay, I just kind of grab and go. And everybody, everybody (laughs) knows the deal. So you're a chef, you have a number of cookbooks. um, And I love your content because I mean, first of all, all of your photos are beautiful. And I'm like, I want to make everything. But also, it's not like super complicated. It's all very approachable. So tell us about like your approach to cooking and also how you got started.
0: Yeah, so I got started I used I was the pickiest eater ever honest to God until I turned 21. Like I just ate buttered noodles and grilled cheeses my entire life. When I got to college, I started cooking for my tennis team and I would make one thing. I could make chicken Parmesan for them and I would make it before every match. And we would just like get together. And I loved gathering people around the table. Like it just gave me so much joy to feed them. So that's how it kind of started. And then from there, I graduated college, I ended up getting a job. And then the whole company failed back in 2008. So I went to culinary school and I just went on a whim. I had no intention of going into the food world. I just wanted to learn how to cook for me and my boyfriend. At the time who's now my husband and then coincidentally i interviewed that same week for a nannying job and when they found out i was in culinary school they were like oh scratch the nanny like will you just cook for us and be our private chef and i'm like yes i will charge double and i'm in (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing and then i just slow rolled from there like i started the blog and my third cookbook just came out last week congrats
2: oh my god that's Thank so exciting.
0: You. Thank you. And so what, you
2: said that was in 2 so you went back to school around 2008 and then did you immediately build your brand or how did it go from nothing to so big?
0: I graduated college in 08. I went to culinary school in 2009, pastry school in 2010, and I started the blog that same week I started culinary school and for the first like four years, What's Gobby Cooking was just very much a side project. And it wasn't even a side hustle. I would just say it was a place for me to brag to my friends and family that I learned how to make mushrooms or that like I could cook a fish and it looked Cute. Like it wasn't just like a flaccid piece of fish anymore. And then my second job as a private chef, I was cooking for Jessica Simpson and I was watching her run this like media empire. And I was like, oh, I think I could make what's gobby cooking into something. And so I slowly started to spend more time and energy building what's gobby cooking. And eventually, when she was going off to film a show, I was like, my first book was about to come out. And I was like, if I'm going to make a go of it, now's the time. And I just jumped right in. And that was back in 2013. And it was a slow roll and very scary at first, but I had saved money and all that. So I was, you know, after the first year, I kind of had my feet under me and I was like living very frugally and all that. And then Now it's 2020. Okay. (laughs) So Jessica
1: Simpson, like how did that even, I'm like, wait a minute. I
0: was Like, So was this around the newlyweds
2: time? Like, were you in the background? No,
0: I wish. Right. That would have been so fun. I never (laughs) met, I never met Nick. This was very much post Nick newlyweds era. I started cooking for Jess before she was pregnant with Maxwell, her first daughter. So like she was just dating Eric. They weren't married or anything. I was there for about a year. I think that's when she got pregnant. She had Max. They got married after that. And I left after she had Maxwell, I believe. It seems so long ago. She's like the most incredible human in the entire world. But I got the job because I I was private chefing for another family at the time. And I had met this woman who was like a domestic agency placement person. Like she places private chefs and assistants and nannies and all that kind of stuff. And I guess they had sent num- a number of chefs to Jess's house and like none of them clicked. And finally, because I think they were sending like restaurant chefs and these people Mm. who are wearing white coats and like very fancy and Jess is like us like she's like, super chill, just wants to have like a great salad or a quesadilla like she's awesome. And then this woman sent me and I got the job the same day. And it was just like, love at first sight.
1: want to take a short pause to talk about chronic pain. For those of you who don't know, I have the worst joint pain I've had it for a few years now and it can be pretty debilitating sometimes I can't even walk and for those of you living with chronic pain you all know it is the absolute worst it's more than a feeling of discomfort it can literally affect your whole life and sometimes this type of pain can prevent you from relaxing sleeping exercising walking which sometimes is the case for me I am so excited to talk about this week's podcast sponsor Omex Health They have a product specifically for muscle and joint pain that gives you immediate relief. So I was like, hmm, I wonder if this is actually going to work. And so I tried their cryo-free CBD Roll-On, which is specifically formulated to block pain receptors, reduce inflammation and improve joint and muscle flexibility. And I will say that within minutes of applying it, I felt relief. For those of you that use Viva Poru, that's how Latinos call it, but, you know, vapor rub for everything. Thing, think of it kind of like that but a hundred times better it's way more potent 100% natural and it's been shown to work within 10 minutes of application with relief up to eight hours you will definitely feel it and what I like to do it's a roll on so I just roll it on the joints that I'm experiencing pain and usually my knees and my ankles and literally I mean you'll feel it immediately it like penetrates your skin Omex Health is offering our listeners 20% off a full bottle of cryo-free CBD pain relief roll-on plus free shipping. That's 20%, y'all. And it is totally worth it. Like I've been swearing by this. I'm like, everybody needs to try this stuff. This discount will also apply towards any product on their site. So make sure that you check them out. It's O-M-A-X- omaxhealth.com. You can enter our code FOODHEAVEN to get that 20% off. Again, that's omaxhealth.com and you can enter the code FOODHEAVEN for 20% off the CryoFreeze, which is what I've been using and also for all products on the site. All right, let's jump back into our episode. I'm curious, like for a private chef, how
2: does that work? So do you live with the person? Or are you just there like hooking Every meal? What if you have to go on vacation?
0: Yeah. So it's no, I never lived with any of my clients. I had two families I cooked for the first one, and then the first one was a family of six, and then Jess and Eric and the whole crew that came with them. Like there were a lot of people coming in out of the house. But no, I didn't live at either houses. For the first family, I would go over after the kids were done with school, cook snack, dinner, maybe a breakfast, pop it in the fridge, and bounce. And then for Jess, I would get there in the morning, first thing, cook breakfast, cook lunch, cook dinner, put it in the fridge, leave by three. And then they were in charge of like heating it up on their own. So they had a little bit of time for themselves without like the full staff there, basically the whole time, like watching them eat.
2: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Oh my God. That's so cool. So you would, the reason why we connected is because we're signed to the same podcast network. Yep. And we were super excited to see that you started your podcast like I think a couple months ago ish, like three
0: right. weeks, weeks ago, three yeah, weeks four, ago, maybe four, because
2: <laughs> <laughs> you have a good amount of episodes, though.
0: Well, we're doing three a week, 15 episodes. So I'm Yeah, it, uh, don't ask me what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, that's a
2: lot. Yeah, people probably don't realize how much work it is doing a podcast. But it, it adds up. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> tell us more about what's Gabby cooking in quarantine, which is the title of your podcast. And then maybe some of the favorite meals that you've been making as of late.
0: Yeah. Or, sorry. So- what's
2: Gabby cooking in quarantine? Sorry.
0: A, I would have corrected you. It's cool. It happens. <laughs> We've never met in real life before today and I can't wait for that to happen, but I get it. So what's gotta be cooking in quarantine started because I was getting like, as soon as everyone kind of shut it down, I would say mid-March, my DMs, email comments on the blog exploded. And it was like, can I sub this for this? And how do I make this without X, Y, and Z? And it was just so overwhelming, but awesome because there were so many more people cooking than usual. And like, I know my audience loves food and they love looking at it, but they don't always cook every meal. And all of a sudden they were. And so I was like, we were talking with Raina, one of the founders of Dear Media and DBA. And she was like, I think you should do this. I think now's the time. And I was like, I'm in like, tell me when to start. Let's get a mic over here. Let's start tomorrow. Three times a week, 15 minute episodes. sounds reasonable. (laughs) (laughs) And it was crazy. We launched The whole podcast within three days, put a hotline number out there, and then the calls just kept coming in. And people wanted to know all these little tips and tricks and how to store food in your freezer and make it last forever, how to make beans if you don't have an Instant Pot, yada, yada, yada. And it's super cool that I get to share these quick little tidbits with people to make them feel more comfortable in the kitchen while they're cooking during quarantine. I love that. That's so cool. And it's such
1: good timing. I mean, damn, you're doing three episodes a week, which is pretty (laughs) wild, but I'm sure the calls are rolling in because now people are more active than ever online and they, they're spending more time in the kitchen, which leads me to my next question, because I think for some of us, we've been spending a little too much time in the kitchen and there's a lot of people with like Mm -hmm. kitchen fatigue or burnout. Like, All the recipes on my feed, they look amazing and I'm saving them. And sometimes I'm making like 10 of them in a day. And then next thing you know, I want nothing to do with my kitchen. And I think a lot of people can relate. So do you have some tips for people who are who are kind of fatigued by everything like, yes, they want to make all this delicious food, but also they're kind of burned out because I think for a lot of us, we're used to having a balance between eating out, ordering food, you know, even for those of us that love cooking, like I love cooking, but there's just so much cooking that I can do without like driving myself mad.
0: One hundred percent. So I think for what I see and what I normally tell people is you don't have to cook like a five star meal every day. Like there are some days where Thomas and I have toast with hummus on it for dinner and that's it. And that's okay. Like you don't if you're cooking all these things every minute of every day, A, your dishes are going to be out of control and everyone's going to be upset about that. (laughs) But B, you're allowed to like take a night off and just have scrambled eggs or avocado toast. And then when you want to get back into cooking, I've been telling people to cook things that are not necessarily 101 in their kitchen. For example, if you order Thai food in a lot or you love going out for sushi, maybe try making something that is reminiscent of that so you feel like you're going out but you're at home, that it just makes it feel a little bit more exciting rather than cooking something that you're used to making once a week, every week.
2: Those are all great ideas. And <laughs> I wasn't expecting you to say like hummus with toast or avocado toast or scrambled eggs. We actually had scrambled yeah. eggs for dinner last night. <laughs> it's the <laughs> so way to go. <laughs> very affirming coming from the chef. <laughs> so I kind of wanted to chat about things that people can make with random ingredients that they have in their kitchen. And we actually asked people in advance of you coming on the podcast, what are like three ingredients that they have that they're not sure what to do with. We got a ton of responses on Instagram. So I'm just going to go through some and kind of see what you come up with. (laughs) If anything, we can skip ones if you want to, or if you want to just make some other thing up, that's fine too. This is interesting. So they have lentils, tomato paste, cream of celery soup.
0: Okay. So, I mean, honestly, if it was me, I would probably save the cream of celery soup for another thing. And with the lentils and the tomato paste, and maybe if you have some like Indian curries or spices in your fridge, I would do a doll, mm. which is basically just like a, like a quickly simmered lentil situation with any kind of spices you could use curry, you could use cumin, you could use coriander, you could mix them all in there and either water stock or coconut milk and make something delicious like that. And then save the cream of celery for like a casserole.
2: (laughs) That's such a good idea. Love it. This other person, they have two ingredients. So they said can of refried beans and sweetened condensed milk. (laughs) (laughs) We got a lot of random
0: suggestions. I mean, if it was me, a sweetened condensed milk I would use to make a dessert recipe and the canned beans I would turn into like refried bean enchiladas or something like that with a salsa verde and either flour or corn tortillas. Mm -hmm.
2: Love it. Delicious. Okay, here's one. Tahini tofu chickpeas.
0: Ooh, 100%. Okay, so I would saute the tofu and the chickpeas and like get a little bit of a crispy edge on the tofu and the chickpeas and then turn the tahini into this like fake caesar dressing I have. It's tahini, garlic, lemon juice, water, blend it and drizzle that on top of the tofu and the chickpeas. Maybe if you have some greens, throw that in there too. It'll blow your mind. It's so freaking good.
2: I'm going to make that. And you guys, we're just giving her these on the spot. <laughs> She's actually this good. Okay. Let's see what else we have. Ooh, interesting. There's so many. Okay. Hearts of palm, kidney beans, millet.
0: Okay. I would cook the millet like you would a grain. And then once it's cooked, you could saute it in a little bit of olive oil to give it a little bit of crunch. I would chop up the hearts of palm. And what was the other one? Kidney beans. And mix them with the kidney beans, toss them over some greens, put a little bit of millet on there for a crunch in your favorite dressing.
2: Love it. Oh, this is, this is interesting. It was lentils, frozen cranberries, and steel cut oats.
0: I would help the tell them to make the same doll I did earlier with the lentils and then make an oatmeal with the frozen cranberries. Like you could saute the frozen cranberries with a little bit of liquid, maybe some orange zest, a couple of tablespoons of like agave or honey or something, and then use that to put on top of the oats as like a compote situation. Mm. I was That'd thinking the same thing because
1: so I don't do sweet and savory. So these combinations are just like <laughs> <My> condensed <laughs> milk and beans.
2: <laughs> Sometimes we have to break them up into two things. Okay. This is a good one. Cause Wendy's been posting a lot of sardines lately. So sardines canned mackerel and eggplant.
0: Ooh. Okay. Um, I would saute the eggplant and turn it kind of into like a baba ganoush type situation, slather it on a piece of toast and put either of those fish on top of it for like a very delicious, fancy toast dinner.
2: Mm. Mm. That sounds so good. This one is tough. These are kind of like not necessarily like full-blown ingredients, but vinegar, couscous, and nutritional yeast.
0: I would make a vinaigrette with vinegar and olive oil, garlic if you have it, salt and pepper, nutritional yeast, and what was the third? Couscous. I would boil off the couscous, pour the vinaigrette over the couscous and then sprinkle some nutritional yeast on top, which is actually kind of has a cheesy texture. And then all of a sudden you have this like bright vinegary, cheesy couscous situation that would be great next to like fish, chicken, beef, whatever it is. Have you been
2: on a game show before? <laughs> no. And
0: I, I I wanted I wanted to be on Next Food Network star so bad, but I'm pretty sure I performed too well under pressure. They didn't they didn't like me.
1: <laughs> oh, really? Oh my god. You would I'm be like, so I like I like this should be yeah. a game show. You would be so good. <laughs> I could totally see There you were also it. a bunch of um, people who were asking about jackfruit. Gabby, do you have experience cooking with jackfruit like mm. some of your favorite recipes with that
0: ingredient? I've actually never experimented mm-hmm. with jackfruit before, but I know it's so popular, especially as a meat alternative, but I haven't gotten into it. Yeah, in me, too. me
1: same. I haven't cooked with it. I haven't cooked with it either. Me neither. I love it just on its own.
2: I think so it, it's like my favorite fruit. It's so good. It's it very almost underrated. Like yeah, yeah, it's, it's so, so underrated. good. Okay, this is an interesting one. Parsley, kale sweet potatoes. And she says, I'm getting bored with my very basic preparations of them.
0: 100%. I would saute off the sweet potatoes and the kale and like turn them into like make them soft and then blend the parsley with some olive oil and red wine vinegar, Mm. salt and pepper for like a salsa verde and drizzle it on top just the sweet potatoes or the kale or like smash it all into a taco, put it on a rice bowl, something like that.
2: My mouth is watering. That sounds so good. <laughs> Somebody said butternut squash. Like what do you do with butternut squash?
0: I like to like slice the butternut squash in half, scoop out the insides, drizzle it with olive oil and roast it whole. Butternut squash is such a pain in the butt to slice up. It's so hard. So if you roast it whole, it becomes much easier to spoon out the insides and then you can use that and make like Mashed butternut squash, you can turn into a butternut squash soup. I've been I like, it's hot in LA right now It's 90 all week long, but I've been making soups and just eating them like lukewarm. Mm -hmm. And it's really giving me a lot of like, it's just making things different in the kitchen because it's not just a bowl or it's not protein or whatever it is. I feel it just feels good.
2: I'm curious because you said butternut squash is hard to chop, which it is. Do you have any recommendations for knives? Because I sent Wendy this ad on Instagram of this supposed perfect knife, but I just never know what's what.
0: Here's the deal. You just need one awesome chef's knife. Like if anyone, you don't need like 17 knives or a set to start. If you're just cooking, you just need one good knife. I prefer Global. That's the brand I use. Wustoff is also really good. And you just need like a six or a seven inch knife knife. I would say to start, unless you're super tall, then you might want, and you have like larger hands, you might want to go with an eight inch. And it's tough right now because normally I would tell you to go into like a Williams Sonoma and try it out and see how it feels cutting, but that's not an option right now. So I would say if you're under five, five, get a seven inch or six inch. If you're over five, six, get an eight inch. I'm on the
1: website right now. Yeah, I think
0: I'm going to
2: have to get that one. Okay. This is a good one. We have so many. We'll stop at some point, but <laughs> carrots, ground beyond meat, and oranges.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. I would do, I would saute the carrots and the ground, the fake ground beef, and like add some sort of Moroccan spices to it and finish mm. it off with a little bit of orange juice to give it a little bit of citrus and acid, and maybe serve it over couscous or quinoa, something like that.
2: I love it. These are all such good ideas too, because nothing is super complicated, but at the same time, it sounds like you're thinking about all the different layers that are actually going to make it taste good,
0: Thank which you. which is nice. Try. So
2: I love all these ideas. Okay. Let's do one last one. This one should be pretty easy. Garbanzo beans, brown rice and onions.
0: Okay. I would caramelize the onions and then add the garbanzo beans in towards the end to warm them through. What was it brown rice? Uh-huh. And then serve it over some cooked brown rice with whatever kind of vinaigrette you have on hand with an avocado, if possible, like a balsamic Ooh. drizzled on top of that with an avocado would be the most delicious lunch or dinner ever.
2: That sounds so good. Cool. Clap, well, you passed clap, that clap. with blind colors that was if that was so any good. kind of test. I know. <laughs> that was amazing. That was need most- a show. <laughs> most I've
0: focused in like weeks.
1: <laughs> yeah, you looked very focused. Like I was like, Gabby um, is not playing right now.
2: <laughs> right. I was like, oh my god. I was trying oh, really hard. You do not play with your food. So I'm curious, you live in LA and we're always coming to LA looking for the best restaurant. What is your recommendation?
0: What part of town do you guys like to stay in?
2: We go to the studio, which is in West Hollywood. Oh, so that's okay, where great. we usually are.
0: Well, I love Deer Media, but there's not a lot of great food around the area. Okay. <laughs> so I'll take you to all the good food. My favorite restaurants, some of them are on the east side. Some, So my favorite restaurant, hands down, is called Don Antonio's. It's like Mexican, <gasps> big plate Mexican, like closer to the west side of LA. Um, there's a restaurant called Kismet, which is on the east side, which is very like Mediterranean style mm-hmm. food. It's incredible. Bestia for pizza downtown.
2: Have you been to Bavel? It's my
0: favorite. I love (laughs) Bavel. That's like, (laughs) oh my God. That's such, it's almost like an out-of-body experience. It's incredible. (laughs) And their patio is so beautiful. I can't, I'm so excited for things to open back up. It's so weird. Like, it's so bizarre to think that none of us have gone out to eat in so long. We're trying to order in once a week from a restaurant that we love, that we want to support. So I can- avoid doing dishes. We did Bavel two weeks ago and it was just like life altering. Oh it really is. There's
1: so many it's, options. Oh, you guys, if you in LA, LA you too. You it's like go. overwhelming the amount of restaurants that like good restaurants that you can eat out at
0: john and Vinny's. have you guys done john and Vinny's? no, no. we're going that's semi close to dear media we'll go one day okay oh my god Next okay i'm writing come. all of them down
1: yeah she
2: she's literally live writing them down right now i can see it
1: in
0: Google <laughs> <talk>. <laughs> oh
2: my god, oh my god. Oh, yes 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 no i haven't been to don antonio's but i've heard about it like we went to me and my husband went to la for um like New Year's and we just like tried all these different restaurants and there was only so many we could try and uh, that was one that we had to not make it to and we gave up the reservation but I will definitely go next time I feel like I've heard of Kismet too but haven't been yet
0: yeah there's the original Kismet and now there's a rotisserie Kismet where they do rotisserie chicken and sides which is Mm. really good
2: Okay. Yeah. I'm going to love it. Definitely check this yeah. out.
1: Thank you. Cool. Well, Gabby, tell people where they can learn more about you. Tell us about your new cookbook, like all the things.
0: Yeah. So I, my website's what's dot which and same with all my social platforms, what's Gabi cooking. My new book, eat what you want came out end of April and it's basically sold everywhere books are sold, but it's, I mean like it's, t- if you want to support your small bookseller, you absolutely should. A lot of them are sold out of it right now, but they're also doing curbside pickup, which is rad, but you can order it on Amazon, Williams Snoma, all the things.
1: Cool. And it. like... Is it mostly like main dishes? Is it like a little bit of everything? What's the concept?
0: Yeah, so it's a little bit of everything. I called it Eat What You Want because I really wanted it to just be about eating a balanced diet. There's indulgent things. There's very healthy things. There's everything from breakfast to dinner to sides to salads to dessert. There's a section called When In Doubt Vacation, which I feel like is so perfect for right now because none of us can actually go on vacation. So you can cook your way through different cultures. And then- One of the most popular chapters, who knew? My husband has recently started an Instagram account called What's Thomas Eating, which is... (laughs) I think I saw that. (laughs) It's only purpose in life is to make fun of me. And I dedicated a chapter in the book to him called So Easy Even Thomas Can Do It. And it's really, really has some legs. So cute. (laughs) That's super cute. He's living good. Right. He's thriving during quarantine.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> cool. oh, this is so much
1: fun. We have to hang out when we go to LA. I can't wait till that happens. I'm so excited. Oh, well, thank you so much for coming on and we will chat with you later. Thanks, Hi. ladies.
2: Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the food heaven podcast. If you haven't already, make sure to connect with us online. We're most active on the gram at food heaven, but we're also on Facebook and Twitter at food heaven show. If you like this podcast, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share with a friend.
1: Yep. Our podcast is released every Wednesday and each week we take a deep dive into topics like health at every size, food and culture, intuitive eating, mental health and body acceptance. If you're looking for a sustainable and inclusive path to wellness, come hang out with us to learn how to take care of yourself from the inside out. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.